Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 445 of the JV Club with my phenomenal guest, Fielding Edlow. What a delight. Listen, I have a very newsy intro, so I want you to please enjoy this episode. I also want to just quickly tell you that my friends, the Double Clicks, wrote a musical about the things that matter to them, LGBTQIA, identity, cheese, robots, change, trying to be a person. And you can pre-order the musical and help them spread that wonderful message. So uh, you can go to teachingarobottolove.com. That's teachingarobottolove.com. Or you can look at at the Double Clicks on social media, at the Double Clicks. I also want to let you know that uh, this episode has something very special at the end of it, which is a song inspired by the experience and conversation I had on the podcast Pod Songs. And the band Francis Luke Accord wrote a song based on that conversation. It is a beautiful song. Some of you may have seen. I tweeted about it. Uh, Please hang in there. Stay tuned after the outro music for the whole song by these guys. It's so beautiful, and I'm so touched and delighted to have been a part of that process. So enjoy that. I will talk to you soon. I got to check out a little bit of, of Bitter Homes and uh, oh. Gardens. I love a pun in a title, first of all. Let's get that out of the way right now. Thank um, you. And I do... Can't take credit for it. You cannot. You can or you can't? Can, cannot. Yeah. Our director gave us the title when we were like, right. maybe we should call it, I don't know, creative, long-term creative gaslighting. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were like, no, that's not really a hook. That's going to be a real turnoff. <laughs> Uh, who's your director? But thank you. Uh, our director is Dave Rock, who's uh, primarily an editor, but nice. um, wanted to get into directing. So, but he directed. I'll tell you what. He's a, I'm yeah. shocked that more editor. I mean, every editor turned director that I've ever worked with has been so great because yeah. they are already thinking like an editor, and I just feel like that is such a huge. That's exactly skill. it. Like, even though he has probably the zero of sort of the acting background which i do i do generally appreciate yeah yeah. that it is such a remarkable quality that he always like that perspicacious editing eye like he's already thinking 10 steps ahead is remarkable but also and i I agree with you and but i would say and tell me what you think about this Mm. is that he has spent more time with actors that's then true. the rest of the cast and the directors combined so in a way and he is seeing That's some true. rough footage so in a way like that because because i don't know you know for me like going to a rap party or going to any sort of get together that is off location where something has been finished in some way mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. always love when the editor who i don't recognize for obvious reasons because they're just not right. on set come up right. to me and say like I have spent months looking at your rubber face. Like I, I love that so much, and I know, you know what it's I mean. So weirdly intimate, it's so and you're intimate. Like, and you still want to be in my. It's so. It's such a surreal thing because also I'm her. His wife is one of my oldest friends, so I'm like, listen. If you don't want to go to dinner with us, we get it. You have spent so much time looking at my husband's big, moony, white Irish mug and my little acerbic, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. But yeah, it's so, it's very, it's kind of, 
I find it vulnerable. Yeah. Is someone looking at you that much and spending that much time with you? <laughs> I, I absolutely. Absolutely. I just am mm-hmm. so in awe of of editors for the patience and the detail oh and the fact that they are fully make and break when it comes to comedy that I and so and true. that I never have any exposure to them otherwise. And so but, you know, you're totally right. Like, I feel the next thing I feel like doing is apologizing. Like when someone oh, when yeah. that happens, oh, yeah. the very next thing you do is say, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so very That's sorry. I, yeah, it is. It is excruciating for me not to apologize because uh-huh. I'm trying not to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm alive. I'm so sorry. That joke didn't work. You know, but yeah, it's true. It's it's, it's a skill set that I absolutely don't have. will never have. So, yes, I, I mean, I am awed by that skill set. It's so painstaking. It's so painstaking. I mean, I really like anything. Anytime I've sat in editing for something of mine or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, like I, I have those. It's it's like the waves. It's almost like I would almost say like the Simpsons slash Bojack slash (laughs) like the sort of the the joke that starts semi funny and then it (laughs) a lot of empty space is left for you to experience it and then it gets unfunny and then funny again and then funny again unfunny unfunny like when you leave that space um, that is sort of what I feel like in the edit like. I, for I'll be like on a high where I'm like, Oof, I love getting into this and being like, oh, wait, there was a split second. I think we could shave off and it's really going to kick right, up the comedy. Right. And I get right. really into it in that very like ADD totally. slash o- OCD way where and I mean, all due respect to both of those things and people yeah, who have yeah. them because I am being very serious when I, when I use those terms. But yeah, like where you where for reals, like you sort of go into a manic space where it's like, I think maybe I want to do this. And then two oh, hours yeah. later, I'm like, I can't ever look at this again. I can't look at this. I can't look at you. I can't, <laughs> I can't sit. I can't sit in a chair. I right? may never be able to sit in a chair again. Like ever. it's just I so. I can't sit again. I can't even be inside my own skin. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's true. It's this weird borrowed time. And you do. It's so true to your point. You kind of lose objectivity. You're like, shave it off. Just shave a second. And I'm going to take over Hollywood. This is it. <laughs> and they're like, no, actually you're wrong. And we should use the other take. And, but and yeah, I, it was a big lesson trusting my own instincts. See, my my thing also is I I get very triggered by like super duper control freaks and crazy, yeah. and we I think we all have our you know we're on this spectrum of just control stuff. Fine. Yeah. So I sometimes err on the other side of like I'm cool, I'm so cool. You decide. Yeah. Like I'm just you know yeah. I'm a, and that's been to my detriment a little bit too. So w- when I was in the editing bay, it was nice to be able to be like. What about that take? Can we look at that? You know, yeah. I, I have I, I, I didn't do that for season one at all. And did you? And so part of that coming in this season was a direct result of kind of going. You know what? I could have done that more. Like I wish that I would have done that more. I think I should have been. I would have liked to have been more a part of that process. Yeah, it, in all ways of just speaking up a little bit more on set, or just yeah. and again because there's a graceful, direct, kind way to do it. And I'm not a bitch, but like. It's okay, you know. Yeah, I I definitely learned from some of them, and like I think even someone said to me, "Well, you never cared about that before." Ugh, yeah. Like that was I was like, oh, I was like, would you say that to a man? Would you say that to a man? Yeah, anyway, I know. To go no, there, no. You know? I mean, I, listen, I know, I know what you. I totally know what you mean, and I also, mm-hmm. um, my first instinct is to be like, I don't want to go there, probably for all the same mm. reasons of all the things we've already been talking about that we connect right. on. <laughs> Um, But I experienced the same thing and it is, I mean, it does, 
because I do have these conversations with my partner, with Brandon. And, you know, he it's not that he's like, <laughs> you know, when we talk about stuff like this with respect to being women or with respect to being mm. women raised in the environment in which we were raised and knowing that we've already had it so much better than our mothers and their mothers mm-hmm. in terms of like expectations placed on women and stuff in American culture yeah. specifically. But um, it's not that it's an attack against or or making a blanket statement right. that men can't also have this. It's not that. It truly isn't. Like, I'm not trying to be, no, you know, exclusive about brokenness in any sort of way, <laughs> you know. But right. I do feel like that I just, you know, I hear you saying this stuff and it it, it, it rings so true for me as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really mm-hmm. a weird combination. I feel like, I mean, I will say male and female. I feel like people who listen to my podcast tend to, to lean on this side anyway of being very nice, good people, but also very mm-hmm. smart people who have opinions. And yep. that's a very hard combination. Being a people pleaser and really wanting people to feel valued or not wanting to insult anyone, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yet also having a strong opinion and having a sense of wanting to be in control or having a sense of like being a producer in some way, whatever that yeah. means, you know, in whatever right. capacity you're you're thinking that way. That's really hard because it is a situation where half the time, like, I just want it to be easy for everyone. And if it being easy mm-hmm. for everyone means that I have to pretend like I don't care about something, then I might do that. And then mm-hmm. when I finally can't do that anymore and I allow myself the room to be more assertive and everyone's mm. kind of still fine with it. But also somebody yeah. might say like, oh, you never I actually you never <laughs> seem to even care about that before. Like, that's right, just a right, that's just right. a very familiar yeah. place. To mm. be, to be it, like. it is. And I can sort of turn. I had someone say, just turn sideways and just brush their energy off of you in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, nice. and I was like, OK, I look like psychotic. But yeah, it's so true about being discerning 100 percent of just being discerning. Like, do I need to speak? Do I need to say something? Do I need to say something right now? And does it need to be said by me? Right, <laughs> you know, sort right. Of like this mantra. And if I, I don't fun. say anything now, am I potentially mm. creating a situation in which I will say more later that I that's that exactly I will regret? What I was gonna say like yeah. I sometimes it's self preservation or trying to preempt the resentment because yes, I'm yeah. so tired of the draining, enervating resentments. Yeah. Like, I don't want to lie in bed anymore and putting people's names under the rug. <laughs> like a diabolical little, like, fire starter Jew. But, like, you know, I, it's, I'm done. Like, I just want to speak up in the moment if possible yeah. or maybe 10 minutes later. And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think generally, you know, we, we really actually, though, everyone took care of each other on the set. Like, I am. Um, I had this moment where I had this, like, little monologue eviscerating my husband or calling him, like, a portly I don't know. What was I calling Rebel Wilson with a dick? I don't remember, but something like insane. And I have, and then um, the actor, one of our guest stars who had, you know, he's worked a ton and, you know, I was like intimidated to have him. And I remember he's like, you got to do that again. There was sound interference. Like he just like took care of me. And like, I barely knew him. It wasn't the sound guy. It wasn't the director. It was like the actor. And it was just like moments like that, that I was like, okay, that, that it just makes it all kind of worth it. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a, some a little bit of crossover even just in your show with people like in, that I love working with and I've worked with a bunch like Eric Edelstein and and oh, uh, yeah. and John Michael Higgins, just two of my favorite all-time people to work on Amazing stuff with. Amazing people. We don't know John Michael Higgins, all. he was a friend of my um, directors, but yeah, Larry, my husband had worked in a Fusco brother. 
with yep. Eric Edelstein in Twin Peaks. And and yeah, we're doing an, an Instagram live with Eric tomorrow. He's always just so game. He's yes. like, friends, friends, I just want to hang out with you guys. Oh my he God, just always, I like, know. calls me friend and I yes. just want to leap into his arms yes. and be like, is it going to be okay? Yes, it's all, and if, I feel it's all real. Please give him my very best. I will. And, uh, oh, I definitely will. And yeah, I, I totally agree. Person. And I think, yeah, that's, I mean... Well, all right. I'm going to rewind a little bit uh, because I could uh, clearly I could talk to you about it's become clear instantly that we could just talk about anything like I could pick some topics out of a hat and we'd be fine. But um, but, you know, listen, I can't just let you being a quote diabolical Jew uh, just lie (laughs) on the ground. Um, I think that will be a fun way to put that uh, expression into context. Uh, Where did you grow up? Where were you in particular? Like, where were you spending kind of your high school years? I uh, grew up in New York City, in the city, and I romped around uh, being the Tasmanian devil, diabolical (laughs) Jew. Leave no stone unturned. (laughs) I went to high school on the Upper West Side, uh, but I grew up Upper East, and um, yes, that's that was my childhood. I mean, I'll say there's a it's a minimum. I mean, the the number of people I've had on the podcast who have been from New Jersey or like Long Island or it, that it dwarfs the amount of tried and true New York Cityites. Oh really? I've had on the podcast. Yeah, and also, by the way, there are there are some liars out there. <gasps> like, oh, I grew up in New York. Oh yeah, up, and then I'll press, and I always press them because I feel like it's the only thing I have. <laughs> I grew up in New York City, <laughs> like it's literally the only cool thing about it. And they're like, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, actually, well, fine. I grew up in Ros- Roslyn, like right. Teaneck, right. like Wayne, Indiana, and you're like, I did the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. No, I'm serious. Like, I, you're right, and I I feel like I can think of. I think you might be my third, and I've done like Mm -hmm. four hundred and almost four hundred and like fifty episodes. I mean, I think like off the top of my head, I feel like Zandi Hardig and. Oh, Zandi and I went. We she was she's older, but we went to um, not to like throw her under the bus. Yeah, she went to Spence, so we're we were at Spence. Yeah, I thought Spence maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. Yeah. So see, I know what I'm talking about. But like, if I can name them on one, I mean, if I could name them that many episodes, and I can go, I think John Ross Bowie and Zandi, and maybe in you, and then maybe someone I'm forgetting, and then people who live like in the Bronx or. You know, um, right. which is cool. In the boroughs, like, have, yeah. Have Eddie Pepitone, who's bring Staten oh Island. God. He's going to represent Staten. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, but no, it is. I, I mean, appreci- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Totally, it's I appreciate that. To- it's totally a thing. It's totally a thing. Um, <laughs> do you have sis- uh, brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother uh, who is a neurologist at Mass General and is like inventing a new MRI and like writes papers I can't even get through. And I'm like, oh, I just did a two drink minimum at the Giggle Patch or, you know, the torture basement in the lake. I feel like that's a thing, too. I feel like I've I a lot of creative friends have Mm, siblings who whether they're actually actively doing it or if it's just like a passive internalized thing that the creative person is doing it's not uncommon it's not hugely uncommon to have somebody who's yeah who's mm-hmm. like yeah I, yeah I mean i write on a 
show. Sometimes people tell me that it inspired them. It got them through a hard time. <laughs> oh That's God. almost like saving an actual life one to one. Someone was like, you know what? I really was able to look at my eating disorder after I saw your one woman <laughs> show in the fringe. I'm like, all right. I mean, I know I'm supposed to feel happy about that, but I'd rather just get in the New York Times. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it is true. I actually had my brother on one of my snack vlogs and people like, it's so weird. They first of all, they were like, "He's so hot," and I was like, "Ew!" Like, yeah. why are you talking about? It? I was like, "Yeah, he was." I was like, "Yeah, he great. He has presence, and he went to Harvard." Thank yeah. you. Great, 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 yeah. Brian. <laughs> was he was he a cutie enough when you were well? Like, how much? Like, is he younger enough that you would never have had to listen to that until you guys were both adults, and now you have to listen to people say he's hot? I mean, I think it was, yeah, I mean, I think it, you, you, I mean, if you saw, he's like Jewish Pete Sampras. I mean, I don't think you'd, that'd be the first thing you'd say is like, oh, Brian Edlow's hot. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> I just think it's I don't know. Whole... You don't know the vast majority of guys <laughs> I dated in high school all sort of fit that description, so. All right. I don't mean to be presumptuous. I mean, I just think it's, he's actually, a, it's infuriating because he's actually a really nice, humble guy. Like, he's just, I don't know. Though. But, um, yeah, he was, um. Yeah, he's six years younger. We, oh, yeah, I mean, okay. I think the main thing is that we, we definitely, when he learned he could like just smoke pot in his older girl's apartment on like Christopher Street, he'd bring his friends and I would flirt with his friends and we sort of bonded later. Yeah. In life. But, um, it's just not to say he's supportive. I had to just text him and be like, um, have you watched Bitter Homes yet? <laughs> just curious. And then he's like, well, you don't read my papers. And my I'm like, papers. Fuck you. I can't my get through like my medulla oblongata or the cerebellum or the TV. Like, shut up. And then, and then he let, but then he goes, yeah, I didn't care for some of them, but the second episode was really funny. Okay. Well, listen, I, whatever. <laughs> That's Whatever, a rough, Brian. that's a whole rough family dynamic with the family that's oh, yeah. like, oh, I'll yeah. be honest. No, I will be honest. <laughs> Won't it be refreshing to know when I do like something? Because right, I, right. because that's the gift I'm giving you by being brutal. Yeah, maybe we don't have to time. be so honest. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you went to spend, so that's, uh, memory serves, that's an all girls school, perhaps. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. yep. uh, sort of a, I mean, I, well, I don't need to rehash all of this, but I feel like I went down a very, um, a delightful road with uh with Santi about like my mm-hmm. only understanding for the longest time or sense of like Upper East or Upper West Side and I know that's a controversial statement but I'm saying that as a Tucsonan um was like mm-hmm. was like with Stillman movies like I was like oh, okay I understand now I understand like I've seen Metropolitan so now I understand how different my high school experience You're was. You're not totally, no, I think that's a very astute, I mean, listen, I think I just was like, oh my God, did, my boyfriend thought he was like Rick Von Sloniker <laughs> in <laughs> Metropolitan. See? I love that movie so much. It's no, you're, so you're right good. on target. Okay, no, good. Oh, it's God, so good. I, if I could just spend the weekend watching Nicole Hall Center movies and Whit Stillman and just spooning Brownie Nut Blast, I mean, yeah. I'd be quite happy. You yeah. A hundred percent. And it yeah. it says something that it's so specific. The specificity of mm. his movies for someone like me who, again, can relate not at all on any kind mm. of true experiential level to still mm-hmm. just like treasure them as much as somebody like you yes. who's like, let me tell you all the ways this rings true for me. Um, that's like nice job. Yeah, no, he yeah, no, he captured. Yeah, we we definitely have. It was a very sort of glittery but also disgusting the scintillating precocious i mean i have this 
joke in my stand up where I basically, if you grow up in New York, it, it, it feels like by the end of kindergarten, you're like a, an emotionally broken 45 year old divorcee. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really what it is and by, by the end of middle school you're doing a poetry slam on the yeah. train called well, like i will cut you <laughs> <laughs> well it's so i it's so illuminating knowing that too because you know how mm-hmm. often do we see movies uh where there's a precocious child who has mm-hmm. all these like wisecracks and these sort mm-hmm. of like bitter you know max like in rushmore kind of statements and like, if you're not in the mood for that or if it's not done well, the first thing that you're going to say is, like, no child talks like that. But right, I'm not sure right. that's true. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like yeah, I mean, some New yeah. York City kids do talk like that. Oh, yeah. And, and and the behavior. Like, I remember, like, I would sneak my boyfriend in after going to the limelight or Nels or the scene or wherever the hell we went. And he would just I would just sneak him into my bedroom and he'd spend the night and my mom would be like, Oh, Ted's here. You guys hung over. Do you want pancakes? And like, yeah. And it would it would be like, okay. I mean, this is now it's getting weird. But yeah, it's it's sort of a blur. And then um, you you just feel like you you just become this jaded person. But it's and then but college is easy though. I felt like college was sort of an easy transition though. I feel like for native New Yorkers, mm. just like oh yeah yeah yeah. I've, I you know. We'll go to the Palladium and have Kier Royale, but then also like throw up on myself in a cab. Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Did you, what was your experience at Spence in terms of like how you sort of fit into the like social infrastructure of, of your kind of year and your four years? Um, in terms of the friend wise? Yeah. Like, and, and, and did you have an impression of yourself that you now look back on and go, well, that was what I thought I was projecting, but I think everyone mm-hmm. I would actually say I was this gal. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, I definitely I mean, I am a Gemini, but I do feel I was bifurcated in this like, very good girl, cross your T dot your eyes, just like, you know, I remember calling before I when I was getting into the cool group in seventh grade, because I was just, you know, like, just this I, nice girl. I was a gymnast. And I would call my friend and her older sister got them, and I was like, may I please speak to Jocelyn, please? <laughs> the, the older sister uh, Please, goes, may I please speak to Jocelyn, please? Yeah, I know. And, and I remember her older sister, I'll never forget, she's like, can you just say, give me Jock? <laughs> like, just say, give me Jock, you know, for Jocelyn. <laughs> and I remember we like called her at Exeter on speaker later on and be like, how do you give a blow job? You know, like she was so scary. <laughs> um, but I, so I had that thing of just like I love school like I love Latin I was happy to just do that and then 
it took this turn when I took art class with the cool group. I think it was in eighth grade. And they're like, you should come out with us this Friday. And then that basically meant drinking tall boys at the Red Islands, like 89th <laughs> in Madison. And my being like, this is just, I hate this, but let me become a full-fledged alcoholic <laughs> in about six months. But I hate the taste. Um, so then it was just, it was effortful. And then that became effortful, you know, because that was like where it all, I don't just, you know, like me, I'm, I have to really be funny and charming and I hope the boys like me and now it's like this I'm in this different strata like this different thing and now we all want to go to Trinity and let's all apply together yeah did you have friends I mean now I really am trying to turn this into a movie I apologize but did you have (laughs) friends that you left behind like you would see in Mm. a movie where like this the the girl who's still super into being a gymnast is like hey feeling oh no that's fine I didn't need to talk to you anyway just bye oh my god that's such a great question it's and it's like I feel so like I feel yeah just yes like my best friends were you know Eleanor and Melissa I mean Eleanor was sort of a floater and she was she just was her own person but I remember Melissa was not going to be coming out and drinking and I remember I was talking on the phone and my mom was like Jocelyn's on the other phone and I heard Melissa be like, she calls you, oh. she calls you. And, and I was like, yeah. And I had started going out with them. And so, yeah, it, um, I still, it's so weird. I just said to my daughter, cause she was talking about best friends and she's in fourth grade. And I was like, yeah, like I miss Melissa. Like that just kind of ended, you know, in a way I used to go to her her country house. Now I'm sounding really what's Stephanie and like bougie and horrible, but like, you know, I went to her country house, we'd stop at the red rooster. And I, it was a lovely thing that we had. It just, you know, that, yeah, that got left behind. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think it was my being mean. I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just think that's no, that's I think we still hung just, out a bit. But yeah. Just the way it went. You I, know? That's such a calm. I mean, yeah, there's that. Yeah. That's the yeah. sort of most heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. this listen, it's not again, like why mm-hmm. of course this is why I have a podcast about teenage years because <laughs> I can't ever stop being interested in it. I've tried to stop mm-hmm. being interested in mm-hmm. other people's adolescence and in mine and I can't do it. Clearly mm-hmm. I should have ended up being a, a child psychologist, but um <laughs> you're a renaissance woman. I'm a, I'm a renaissance there's woman. You, there's nothing you can't do. <laughs> Thank you. God, I and and you don't need a license, Janet. You don't need one. <laughs> No, uh, no, <laughs> not in the Renaissance. You're saving lives. You're saving lives. <laughs> just by breathing. But like, yeah, I think just the the natural, like the 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 fucking Molotov cocktail of mm. your hormones. Like this is a time when you are meant to be going undergoing like werewolf esque transformations emotionally, and yes. everybody's going at their own pace. And some things that kind of crack open someone at one point in their life are never going to crack the other person open. Like, I have friends who mm. never needed to go through the goth phase. I needed to. Like, I needed mm-hmm. it, you know? <laughs> I needed it to understand, yeah. like, things about me that I had not been willing to look at, you know? And, and thank so, God, yeah, yeah, you went after it. Like, thank God. Yeah. but but It could have come out now, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> believe me, I, I really wanted to do a show. That was just called Goth Mom. And then someone was like, I'm sorry, but Younger has already gotten there. And I had never seen that show. Actually, I still haven't, even though people say it's great. But um, I I was like, but but I'm talking about like, you know, a full regression. But Mm -hmm. but but yeah, like just being in that place where 
you know, again, it's and, and, and as you know, I'm not a parent, but just friends of mine who've had kids early enough that they have teenager teenagers for kids and mm-hmm. the heartbreak mm-hmm. that they're not that it doesn't happen earlier, but just the intensity mm-hmm. of teenage years when someone uh, quote unquote yeah. leaves someone behind or, you yeah. know, one one kid thinks that they've grown apart and the other one's like, I didn't grow apart. I didn't grow mm. apart. I've been right here. Ugh. Like that it all is just, you. It gets oh, imprinted yes. In it's just like sort of indelibly etched guts. because I do feel like we're all sort of still in the high school lunchroom yes. in how we behave that we've carried this sort of shellac or these like constructs. It's yeah. been hard. You can't totally shake it. I mean, and the, and it's so, and the truth is Melissa, I mean, it was, I felt like, she's holding me back or like, is she holding me back? Or like we were probably growing apart. I mean, I just remember being at camp and my having my first kiss and maybe it was in a letter. And she was like, whatever you do, like, don't let him finger you. Like, don't go to, it's too much. Like literally she was very invested in this. I think we did. I'm not sure. Sorry, Jeremy Reifer, if you're listening to this with your retainer, but it's true. These like gradations where we're, when friends are like, you know, this fear-based thing of like, they're moving ahead. They're moving without me. Like, what does that mean for me? And then it just sort of dust settles where it's meant to settle. And it's the same as, and it's, and it's like the picture of what that friendship looks like is so painfully similar to relationships and crushes in that way, because the more you try to stop that from happening, the more your behavior is dictating that that absolutely will and must happen because you're becoming the the person that the other person is like, I don't want to, I'm just, I don't want to be around. No, now you're clinging or, or, you know, like that that, that happens just hard and fast in those years, I think. So, and that self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And, and then things come around because in that, you know, with, uh, the cool group, they called us the Spencies when we went to Trinity. And I was not the mascot, but I mean, I would say we all have roles. I was not the leader. I'll say that. I was yeah. not the leader. I, I developed very late. Like I got my period at 14. Everybody knew, you know, I was just skinny gymnast. So that that was fun. Yeah. But I remember Jocelyn sitting me down or living there like, just so you know, and it was like really hard for them to tell me. And I remember being so panicked and petrified. Like, what are they going to tell me? They're like, they're like, well, some of the guys say that, like, you're kind of a follower. Wow. Like, you just kind of like, and I remember it was, wow. I guess, slightly traumatizing because yeah. you're like, I mean, okay, I, that makes, that resonates. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a leader. Yeah. That's certainly, so, but it was like, it, I, but what I does that mean that all others. the other girls were leaders? <laughs> like there were five leaders and one follower? <laughs> I think Jocelyn and Olivia, yeah, were the, because so much is like, they had, they also had older sisters. And uh, I, yeah. again, like, they had that passport. They, they had that passport and they just kind of carried themselves differently. You know, I feel like I was still pigtailed, skinny gymnast, you know. And then, of course, I rebelled because I think because I couldn't sort of, like, oh, back to our point, call back, you know, talking, taking care of myself on a web series. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I couldn't take care of myself in the moment. Yeah. So it, like, it gets siphoned or like transmuted in these kind of like teretic, weird, rageful, slutty ways almost later on. Yeah. Because I can't deal, I can't process it normally. Yeah. Unquote. Yeah. So, okay. So that fits into the, the chronology of like your first kiss. Like where mm-hmm. does that fit in? Like how old were you when you may or may not have been fingered? <laughs> yes. I remember it was, I went to a sleepaway camp in Maine and I think it was like, it's time. So I think it was the summer before, no, eighth grade, I think. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was, um, 
after a social with Jeremy Reifer. And it was, um, you know, I mean, I was completely out of my body and not like I really enjoyed anything, I feel like, for a while. <laughs> but yeah. it was, I was glad it happened. Yeah, I think he felt me up in my under my Puda Mayo dress with my like <laughs> budding nipples, which I, I was like, have fun, dude. This is no Anna Nicole Smith time, but see if, we'll see what you can find there. And I'll just hang out and think about my Charleston shoes that I'm going to get from the canteen. Um, but yeah, it was uh, I was so glad to just have it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I had a, I definitely struggled with a, a lot. I mean, to be very honest, I struggled with some. I don't want to say, I don't know. Is it self-hate or just profound insecurity? I mean, I certainly liked some aspects of myself, but I mean, really like violent, profound insecurity. So I think just knowing someone, someone found me attractive was nice. (laughs) Was that, I mean, again, I do know, I am not a therapist and I am (laughs) proud to say I don't have a license, but I do a lot of great work for people. Uh, No, but you made the, you made the joke earlier about somebody saying like, oh, I saw your show that like helped me confront my eating disorder. Like, was that, Mm -hmm. was that coming from a place of like that actually happened because that is something you talked about in a one person show or is that just like, I I had a, I developed an eating disorder that was in college. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think my whole, I come from just a whole family that's like crazy compulsive, just just obsessed with food. Like my mom will eat lunch and be like, okay, are we having salmon for dinner? What can we just talk about dinner? Like right. while we're having lunch, like it's just a big. Yeah. So yeah, it, that was uh, senior, senior year in college. I mean, I feel like a group of us were bulimics. It's sort of group bulimia. Like you're like, are you going to go throw up? Like, yeah. I'll go throw up. Like, Listen, that sort of, makes it a lot easier. I would imagine in certain ways. Yeah, because it's not. It does. And then, but then I kind of, it, it stayed not in, I wasn't like the after school special where it was insane a couple of times, but it was definitely, I definitely struggled with that. And then, yes, I put that. Yes. I put that in my show. Oh my God. Yeah. I, sorry. I just had PTSD for my own woman show. Yeah. There was a toilet on the stage in my show um, called hands and me at the fringe festival <laughs> and a bathtub too. Okay. And I was like, I'm here, Hollywood. I'm not going to get discovered from hands and me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing i have to say there is i mean like i don't want i want to roll my eyes yet at the same time i am also like oh god like i wish i were the person that was like i'm gonna go ahead and need a real bathtub and a real toilet on stage so that's my show and for people like interesting i'm leaning in interesting tell me more like <laughs> i need like a baby pool full of you know evian water but they'll think it's got vodka you know stolen stolen like naya and yeah. we'll light candles and I'll blow it out. Yeah. And last I'll sit in darkness. You so got she got me. She pulled me in. She reeled me yeah. in, even though I didn't want yeah. to be. Yeah, I think I do I will say to my I don't know that I demanded the toilet. I think my director <laughs> found some on Ludlow Street or he's <laughs> like, let's have a disgusting like, <laughs> toilet on stage. You know, and I'm like, great, great. Yeah. I will really round it out. Uh, my parents have decided they've stopped paying for my you know, s- indulgent solo shows. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with the problem with being a great storyteller is that, and then having a life that is that is interesting and filmic enough on its own is that it really does. I mean, this is this is all great stuff. Like, I would not have known mm-hmm. 
what to do. Like, I never thought about really doing a one person show or I never felt like, what would I like? There's like, there's not a, I don't, mm-hmm. what would the beginning, middle and end be? Like, how, right, where would I, right. what would I, that just wasn't something that I, mm-hmm. as much as I liked acting and stuff, just even as a, you know, teenager in public school and stuff, I, I just would never have. But part of that, I think for me was that same, like, oh, me? No, I don't like nothing about what I have to say is interesting enough for me to be like worthy of presenting a show. So just for, just for me, I would be envious of, of a young person who was like, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I have a, I have a one person show. Of course I do. <laughs> like, you know, I think it was cause I really found, and I, and I, and I, um, I, I got sober at 24. So I think it was really about, I mean, I love performing. I've had a very kind of challenging relationship to performing. I actually feel like I only just came into my own like last year. I get that. <laughs> like performing I get that. and feeling in my body. But it was like I got I got just nice feedback or just, you know, they say go where it's warm. But it was always <clears throat> about my writing yep. at first. It was like so I think that's what I let carry me was the story. And oh, and I even dated someone when I was in L.A. because I, I, I brought that one woman show like a iteration of it to LA and that's what sort of got me out here and I remember I was dating someone he's like yeah I think he went to it he skipped it the first time to see an Angels game and I was like okay go fuck yourself Uh and then when he saw it he was like yeah he like took a deep breath he's like you know um I think you're writing stronger than you're acting (laughs) and that was the guy and he was like you know not he wasn't totally wrong like it was you know doing my best but I think in terms of the solo shows like I wanted to just tell the story and I still was tentative and not totally in my body. But then hmm. I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Were you uh, were you a kid who was interested in theater and stuff? Uh, in, no, in high school not you, at yeah. all. Yeah, not at all. It was a um, random class, second semester when I was at Penn. I just got into intro to acting. Of course, I had a big crush on my teacher, Ed Iser, uh-huh. and like steamed open his recommendation. And <laughs> I was like, he said I had a cool resonant voice. He wants me. I'm like, stop it. Like, of course, it became like the one thing I'd be start like, you know, the, oh, no, let's make it about an obsession feeling instead of like maybe something you do. That's great. Right. But yeah, he yeah, that's when it started. When I was like, did Frankie and Johnny or Hooters or whatever scene I did. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like I I'm scared to death by this thing acting, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to kind of go towards that because I know my parents just want me to marry someone who works at Goldman Sachs and get facials and Mm. work at Planned Parenthood. And, and that's what they, that's all they really thought I could do. Yeah. So it was just been a very like Sisyphean adventure, like pushing the boulder up the mountain. Uh, Just going to ask you that it sounds now like I'm like moving away from your truth (laughs) and now going into like a thing that you specifically did not want to do, but like, did you, I mean, did you, I imagine you've seen White Lotus and I'm curious like yes. what your experience of watching that was in particular the whole like I thought extraordinarily well written I mean it's Mike White so of course but the mm-hmm. all the whole conversation about like honey you're not that great of a writer do you, if you want to do good in the world oh. marry someone rich I mean that's I mean like that you know mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. a that's a yeah. that's a series yeah. I've thought about many many times since I watched it and um Mm. And and that Me too. that speech, I mean, that stuff in particular was like, oh, that is real sharp. Like that is very sharp. I mean, I don't that's not wasn't my experience 
But even mm-hmm. just being in a culture mm-hmm. now where you're surrounded by people who are wealthy or who are married to wealthy people and do mm. not work but throw themselves with total gusto into all kinds of nonprofits. Right. Um, it's just right. such a fascinating right. landscape to me. I, I agree. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I, I that that kept my marriage afloat. White Lotus, like we're like White Lotus, White Lotus, like we get really excited. Yeah. It's really helpful for our marriage. But I think, yeah, I mean, it was so brilliant and acerbic. I just loved every character. I thought it was interesting when people were like, oh, they were also despicable. And I was like, oh, my God, I just wanted to jump into bed with each of them. Like, I just loved <laughs> maybe not that husband. I mean, but what you're to your point of like that thing with molly shannon and her like just do that like i think i've done to be honest so much work around individuating separating from those horrible kind of noxious signals of like so Mm. that didn't it kind of just like it kind of it's like a snowflake that just does it doesn't land on me but what i what i what did pain me i think was that sort of a marriage of where you still feel like you might be muting yourself or it's holding you back somehow, or there's this, because I, I mean, I'll just say, I just feel like women sometimes just get the raw end of the deal in marriage. I just will say it. I don't even know if I believe in marriage. I'm still married for today. I love my husband, but it's just whatever. I'm like, you know, it's okay. But that, but that thing of like, I don't know, just that's being, even if it's just like that invisible second seat or just to, I don't just letting a man kind of man's voice be a little bit louder yeah. or hold you back a little so that's i was like oh with their marriage hit uh Wait, oh, with that marriage, yes, 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 yes. I was like, wait, I, all of a sudden I had yes. moved over to Connie yeah. Britton. I was like, no, hold on, I've, 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 yes. I got lost. I lost yeah. myself because I, I love Connie Britton. Sorry, I wish I could say their characters. Yeah, like their. Um... No, I don't remember any of their characters' names. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, yeah, you know who sure. I'm talking about. That thing when she's like, I want to write an article, and he's like, why? Which is not. I mean, my husband's yeah. actually very. I mean, I like rip him a new one every time I do stand up. So people are like, uh-huh. "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Fielding like Larry's actually really couldn't be more supportive. Like you literally say the worst things about him at flappers, like in the YooHoo room. So uh-huh. <laughs> like could not say a worse thing. But just that tenor or fabric of the just the unspoken sometimes in a marriage. Uh, I don't know. I just I that kind of got me. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, too. I think. I mean. I, I I don't know what I again do not know no license I don't know I have to have like a Listen, I should have like you are like, like morning radio sound effects <laughs> but like mine are like again have no license like instead of like a sound it would just be like you have more again, no wisdom than like 90 of the therapists I've been to <laughs> I am the daughter of a therapist I give you full I beseech you to stop <sighs> even so saying I don't have license. You, uh, you are you're magnificently equipped to say oh whatever no. you want. Jim. This is very exciting. <laughs> well, thank thank you. And so now I can say with certainty, as I charge you three hundred dollars, you're not. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not just like we'd all like. To, I mean, you're not just inside your own marriage, right? I mean, you're in your marriage, but you're also in every experience you've ever had in any mm. other relationship to some degree. Yes, or you're you know yes. in your parents' relationship, or you're in a white the white lotus's relationship or you're in the place mm. that you've seen women be in time and time again. I mean, it's exactly. hard to tease those things apart. And mm. I know that that's true for me, too. Like, I will f- I will turn anger on Brandon that truly, truly is not about him. Yeah. It truly isn't. But yeah. in every other way, it would seem to be about him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I make these broad generalizations about what women go through. And 
like I absolutely cannot attach it to the person I'm yelling at. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. but you don't know because women da da da. And he's like, have I ever done that to you? I'm like, oh God, no. But anyway, <laughs> and he's like, but what? So, but you are yelling at me though. You know that, right? Right. right. Like, yeah. You and know I feel what I mean? Completely so justified. It's all there. Completely justified. I'm like, I yeah. didn't get it. I was. Put, I didn't get in a veil from a voiceover, and I'm like, Larry, you don't understand me, and you, you just, you don't, you'll never understand who I really am, and this was never meant to be. And he's like, are you hungry? Like, did you? Uh-huh. Oh, that's always that's yeah. always the best place to start. I know. Always the best place to start is, are, do, are could you be hungry? Yeah. Even though the worst thing you can possibly say to a woman with low blood sugar is, are you hungry? Because worst, we worst, ain't and hormone. That. And the, well, he we knows ain't he cannot hear that. bring up yeah. hormones, but he's he still. Is, my husband is Larry's dying to make an, a period app for men. Like just so there's a day oh, when yep. it's coming up for women. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, that's misogynist and horrible. And, you know, we should have an <laughs> unconscious uncoupling right now. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's, I mean, I guess that takes us to, and then I do, I do at the end of my episode play this game of MASH, Mansion, Apartment, Shack, and House that is Ooh. purely childish and purely <laughs> wish fulfillment, purely like just eating something rich and decadent at the end. Ooh. But before I do, just to sort yeah. of put a, a a little button on on talking about uh, bitter homes and gardens in the context of everything else, uh, and I also avoided asking this early on because I feel like this is the question that anyone who has to do press for something that <laughs> is an echo of their personal, true mm. personal life has mm-hmm. to answer is, you know, at what point did you decide your relationship was in a place either of instability or stability that you could essentially roast it in the form of a web series? Like, I don't want to ask that question because I feel like that's that, that's got to be the question that you have had to deal with. But oh, no. Um, love, yeah, no, I, I love it. OK, um, so that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're just honestly, we're so like self-obsessed, career obsessed and like needy, desperate people that we were just like, well, like people are laughing. People were just kind of telling us to do it, to be honest with yeah. you. And it was we were in yeah. a writer's group. So I think it was which. Yeah, I, I I mean, we we were the first season we we were in a writer's group with the producers like I, I want you to we want to shoot this. I mean, probably yeah. I think people. So I, I wouldn't. I think Larry and I, I, I mean, I can answer you to say, I think one answer would be I've stayed with my husband because I'm like, well, the web series, let's give it another year, <laughs> which is really one of the sadder statements you can say as a human being to be like, I mean, I can't leave my husband. I mean, we have a semi-autobiographical web series and we got some really cool guest stars. So I really know he shouldn't get an apartment on Wilcox because let's just stick yeah, to it right especially, now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, especially because you've already talked about having a child. So right, yeah, not- yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're stay. although I have to say, you know, my parents have like a live in divorce and I'm like, we stayed together for you. And I'm like, well, let's look at me because I'm like, oh, cross- yeah addicted snack blogger with like yeah, the living divorce Ugh. the living divorce is like that has i mean i feel like that is a thing that is sort of going extinct along with a lot of yeah. other i like, hope so because of... i mean they're not i mean that's why i'm always excited and elated if people really do decide to separate because my my parents are not happy and they're yeah. together but anyway but i i think that you know your question it was like that's sort of the best, most fun part of our relationship is our creative. Like, you know, yeah. we weren't one of those couples that's like, oh, we just ripped each other's clothes off. Like, you know, it's good. Like, we're attracted to each other, but it was like our creative connection. Yeah. 
it's almost spiritual. Oh God, I want to shoot myself in the head right now, but it's, you know, it felt, you it feels, <laughs> it feels, it felt just easy and right and fun. And then we had that support in season one, we got lost in producer land and then we just sort of took our power back and, you know, decided to do the pandemic season and yeah, we'll see. So I, I, I think that we we know we know we're sort of like desperate needy broken and scared people in a somewhat functional relationship but i know there are people who are like oh if we said one of the things that you say like my my partner would walk out the door like they would yeah. just walk out and never come back so i don't know that it's we know it's not healthy and i know i can't i don't know what's gonna be <laughs> unfolding for us and i know that my husband's 10 years older so i'm like i really do want an open marriage but just for me like in a couple uh-huh. of years Oh, and he's man. like, okay, yeah. Fielding, that's quite enough. Get it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll just flirt with the neighbor. Um, so I, uh, I hope I've, I've, I know, yeah, please feel free to ask me. I think that was a really long rambling answer, but you can, if there's something I can give you more. Clarity, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know that like questions. asking, if you're asking a question like that, wanting like a cute bite-sized nugget, then I don't think you're really asking the question you're asking because you've decided that's the mm. one question to ask, so fuck those people. But um, Okay, I'm going to get into this MASH game, right, right. Uh, but the only thing I will say, oh. and this is, this is now this feels like it's more uh, for me, which is like stupid, but um, I don't know if you know like Christy Stratton man and Gary man, but they are, mm-hmm. they, they had, Christy uh cast me as her in a web series that was uh not i would say dissimilar because the idea was more that like everyone else was crazy but and there's so, so the sort of like gentle mm-hmm. it's more gentle ribbing uh parent to parent uh husband to wife mm-hmm. but I, I but i just mm-hmm. it was really fun for me to watch your show because okay. my experience i mean first of all it's great but Thank second you. of all the experience of like it was it was fun for me because in a way I could imagine like what if Fielding what like what if Fielding and Larry had been like we're not going to play ourselves we're going to cast people right, to do this right. and like what a different shape mm. that takes and that that's like it's almost so different you that's almost incomparable even though it's yeah. still a yeah. web series about two people who are married to each other in, and it's based on real life. But like the fact totally. that you two are playing yourselves and right. are there present <laughs> saying the words yourself is really it's a totally different thing. And so that was something that really struck me when I was watching it. I was like, oh, interesting. wow, this is like familiar yet totally alien to me because of my experience playing somebody who was, you know, oh, that's writing, really cool uh, to hear your experience. Married. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I'll have yeah, to send you the I, link. I, I think, yeah, I think I love- you'll think it, you'll be like, oh, my God, this is like if we we're a little bit buzzed and ah. we're in like the place where we're like, you're fucking idiot. I love you so oh, much. Oh, I would love like, to it, see like, it. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'll send that's you. really cool. Because, yeah, we've certainly been like, well, what do you mean when we pitch to FX? We'll say, well, listen, if Kevin James and Sarah Silverman want to play us, great, go ahead. But it's like, right. we're like, you know what? No, for this, like, we actually have to play ourselves. We know we're not for so. everybody. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think it's, I mean, I, and I, yeah. I love that. I love that decision. I think it, I think it's great. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? 
We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast, Feeling Seen, with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. By the way, this mash thing, I, Janet, have not thought about this in like 30 years. And I remember we would draw diagrams with mash. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, basically, I'm going to give you a series of categories, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you to, like, off the cuff name three things per category that, cool. you know, there'll be positive, like, you want kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I will ascertain which of those things you get for your 100% guaranteed MASH alternate universe existence. Love it. So, so let's start with the first one. First one, let's do three uh, movies since we've talked a little bit about that, but three movies that you can jump into and just be in. You're in that world. You're not reliving the plot. You're not one of the characters. You're just there with the character, sort of experiencing that feeling that you get while watching the movie. Mm. Friends with Money. Oh, great. Um, I don't know why this is coming to me, but I want to say it. The Station Agent. I love that you're going with this because I feel like, again, this is like a Rorschach situation (laughs) where, sure, you might never say The Station Agent ever again, in the conversation, if someone asks you this question right? in one hour from now, you might not say it. But I love like mm. the being in the moment of like, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I would right? marry George Went. Like, yes. I love that. Yes. Uh, okay. Station Agent, which, by the way, I also love that movie. Love, so great love. One. Little Jewel. And then this is just, I have to respect my instinct and the ice storm. <laughs> oh, my God. Woman, that is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, Oh, God. In that kind of like, why am I doing this to myself? I can't stop watching this movie over and over again kind of way. It just hit me at the right age, at the right time. But I told, I mean, obviously, again, it's like something that there's something there. Like it was when I was reading all of Margaret Atwood book, Mm -hmm. Atwood's books, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I don't know why I felt like I felt so seen by like (laughs) Mm -hmm. northern Mm -hmm. climate, like waspy. (laughs) (laughs) marital dysfunction like right. why as a 13 year old was i like you get me right um right but yeah it's, it's so it's interesting fantastic. you're like joan didion oh i mean just like, okay, serious yeah. spoiler but like when little elijah wood sits down and you realize what's happened to him so uh, if you haven't seen this movie right. i stood up out of my chair and like almost threw up i'm like it was exactly so the same. real to me exactly the same Right. Exactly. Like I was just rocked. Like just I mean, and, the, and the, the, a movie that has the power to do that with you for you. That's not like mm. a fantasy or sci fi or something extraordinary. A, a, something that has the power to just do that to you. And mm. it's like not a movie about much is right. I think Ex- like yeah, a no, phenomenal. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Ugh. And that it was Ang Lee. Like, and that it was like, Ugh. oh, by the way, I don't know American culture very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was just, amazing. you know, I don't know. I just, like, sometimes, you know, we get insulted by movies. They're just 
holding our hand too much or over explaining yeah. and it was like just so it's just exquisite oh, his directing highly so recommend exquisite. oh my god a movie so i think i'm gonna cheat this game so that you end up with that movie okay. <laughs> um all right uh next category let's do three places in the world that you would love to have a second home and that doesn't necessarily have to mean vacation home it can mean like busy city a second home um that we're going to pretend like we can sort of teleport you to so you don't have to worry about the travel taking that into is it bad that i literally thought you were going to say second marriage <laughs> <laughs> don't worry that category okay. is inherent to match okay perfect, it's coming perfect. baby okay awesome it's awesome, coming. awesome yeah i don't want to like you know just lead the witness or whatever it's called okay um <laughs> this so this okay i'm gonna say saint jean cap Ferrat, um it's a town in the south of france i'm gonna say Wait. i don't know why i just i've never even been there but i'm gonna say vancouver because it keeps coming up a lot and it just seems interesting i, I love it <laughs> and um, I, I approve <laughs> And I'm going to say um, Booth Bay Harbor in Maine. Okay, great. I've never been to Maine and it troubles oh, me. Yeah, let it trouble you and change that right away for next summer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, uh, next category. Well, listen, I'll get into it. I don't mind giving you customer satisfaction. Uh, this <laughs> one is alternate universe romances. And I don't need to stick you with a marriage. Like, if you want to say, like, you know. I want to have sex with this one character from this one movie, but do not stick me with them for the rest of my alternate universe life. I'm not going to do that. Like you can have, I like to call it the romance and sexy times okay. category. So okay, so okay, so just in in a just character, a character. In- I mean, no, it could be anyone. It could be a living person. It could be Jimmy Stewart, circa blah 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 era of his life. It could be a cartoon. You know, it hmm. could be. I can't tell you how many people have chosen uh, Robin Hood, the c- cartoon fox. Uh, yeah. That he like really awoke a lot of feelings for a lot of women. It turned out that I did uh, not know about until I started doing this podcast. Okay, okay, no, I love it. Okay, okay, cool. It's wide I open. I mean, I'm. Great. I'm going to say, geez, you'll really get to know me. Sad. I think I need to go back to therapy. I'm going to say Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to say Catherine Zeta-Jones in Traffic. Oh, wonderful. And then this might be more like, I don't know if it's romantic. So, but you're no, you're angling for romantic. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna respect that. Uh, I'm gonna say. Well, no, I mean, what? Wait, what are you saying? Like, like friendship, like a friendship companion. Oh no, that's another category. Don't worry. Okay. You're, you're, this is like you're look peeking into the each future category. This is romance. Okay, stick with I romance. Okay, I have yeah. more. I have more. Okay, I'm not gonna say my crush because I just can't do that right now. But I'm gonna say. Wait, I said. Did I say Clive Owen? Clive Owen. No. Clive Owen. Listen, I'm happy to put him down. Let's put Clive Owen, especially in Inside Ugh. Man. <laughs> Oh, that movie's so good. Ugh, so good. Uh, yeah, he was one where, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but he was one where, like, I had never seen him. I don't know what he, what broke him. It certainly mm. wasn't Inside Man. He was, like, already famous right, Inside right. Man. Um, but I can't remember what movie it was that, that kind of he broke uh, and became really famous. But he was, he had become famous enough that I would see him on the cover of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> and then I had to see him in something. I mean, he's really a good example of like, you need to see the moving, breathing, talking, thinking, smoldering version of him yes. to get it. Whereas like you can look at a picture of Brad Pitt on the cover of a magazine and go like, I don't need any more information. I understand why women think he's a heartthrob. Right. Um, right. But, this, but, but Clive, the word smoldering. No, it's just, more complicated yeah, with Clive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fantastic. He's, he's complicated. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, somehow you're leading, you are leading the witness because this next category is friends, friendships, uh, pull a character out of a book, pull a character, pull a past president's wife, pull whatever you want to sort of, uh, be your, your buddy in this reality. I love it. Okay. I'm going to say, um, Nadia (laughs) Kamenich. Okay. Oh my God. Um, Nicole Hollis Center. Just a circle back oh, yeah. to her, you know. Oh my God, no kidding. And I really, I'm gonna say Michelle Obama. Okay, fantastic. All right, next category is uh, let's do three foods that, in this reality, it's either you like maybe you feel ecologically guilty about it, or you are allergic to something, or uh, it's something you used to be able to eat a sleeve of Oreos and mm. now you can't, uh, but you wish that you could without feeling mm. sick just to get that okay. like same rush of being a kid. Um, three, or okay. it could also be something where like right. you had this beautiful croissant one time in the South mm-hmm. of France mm-hmm. and you're like, no- nothing has ever tasted as good since. Oh my God. This is, th- we're going to give you any, you're going to get three things, snap of your finger, you can have it in perpetuity with zero ramifications. Just wondering how much time do we have left? Because I <laughs> maybe a hundred, that's the thing. Okay, love this i'm gonna say tiramisu soaked in alcohol would be <laughs> like literally dripping um right my friend's mom's uh like homemade like mac and cheese with oh, that, yeah. what's that too i guess the rigatoni shoot or the that too that big okay anyway the big thick tube yeah like the, I, is not like, penne but is something right bigger. exactly Whatever the is hell that that's rigatoni? what is it? I suddenly it... realize I don't know. I feel like it's not rigatoni, but it's those. I think you're right. All right, if you're listening, yeah, that's what we mean. <laughs> oh, this is never going live. I'm sorry, this is actually never going. <laughs> I know, live. I know, I know. I just love that. Um, <laughs> and then there was this this dessert we had in Saint Tropez, my husband and I, where they brought it out in a pot, and they were like, "Come so." and it was some kind of like creme caramel involvement that was just like oh i i've lived and that's all i need now now i can be gorgeous in the episode of of, like yeah jeremy renner can blow me up right now in the hurt locker because this is gorgeous Gorgeous. i guess fantastic (laughs) fantastic creme caramel uh yeah it's amazing Uh, okay all right great i got lost i got lost yeah uh, um, exactly. Also that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Uh, let's do three skills that in this reality, uh, they're practical skills, which isn't to say that it can't be like sculpting marble. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I mean that in a, it's not a superhero power kind of a thing, but so, so, so three real life <laughs> skills, or, you know, you can be a genius at something, uh, that you would like to be able to sort of wake up with tomorrow and, and have kind of downloaded matrix style. Mm, I love it. Okay. Um, I would love to be able to change a tire. <laughs> yeah. um, I'd love to be able to skateboard. I would love to be able to speak in a crazily psychotic, simple, clear way <laughs> without explaining. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I can't tell you how many, like... <laughs> I can tell you it's not that many. It is two, though. And I would say that is at least one too many audiobooks about why psychopaths are fascinating and like oh, what's to be envied. Mm, mm. 
because the idea of like, listen, I don't want any of the rage and I don't really want the level of self obsession. But the idea of just saying something to someone and not giving one shit how it makes them feel is like Nirvana. That is like dangerously attractive. Isn't it? And it's a safe attraction because I know I'll never be that. And so it becomes that sort of like almost yeah it becomes mm. that sort of like oh that person murdered someone on in this movie i don't want to do it but i really wish i could do but it but i want those like, other that other constellation of character traits where you yeah. just don't give a fuck and a hundred percent yeah a hundred maybe we'll maybe like one day a month we can just somehow do that i mean it's definitely an interesting exercise it's Isn't an interesting it? exercise to at some point when something's making you feel totally shitty mm. like to to sort of go if i were a psychopath i would not care about this at all right now and let me just try that on like right? it, it's up to me like i decide whether i'm it's gonna like feel an this way, acting so exercise like when we had an yeah, acting teacher once was like when you go to an audition just put a pretend like gatling gun in your pocket like just yeah. a knife in your pocket just like it's pretend like we could just pretend just like other get... people say envision people naked but this person said envision being able to inflict violence and yeah. I prefer that. <laughs> that's right that's right so um all right maybe we'll Sim- be we'll similar, be action buddies similar. on this we'll be action partners yeah on great this. Yeah, right i love it yeah love i it. love it love it uh okay all right next uh category i don't trot this out very often because it is a bit more challenging but three concepts that you get to take credit for it could be Two cars get to turn on left, even though no one's had that real conversation. It could be the concept of the White Album. It could be the concept of ketchup. It could be the concept of the Getty Building, like the Getty Museum. Like it could be basically anything that you're like, I want to have created that thing, even if it's more like, oh, that's you know, cool, sort of esoteric than than yeah. an actual than actually you carve David or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. Um, all right, cool. Um, but it can be that too. I want to, um, I want to take credit for a new kind of Duncan Hines icing that just doesn't make Ooh. you fat. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really healthy. It makes you healthier. Oh, you know? fabulous! Yeah, I want to. I want to um, create an easy fucking hair mask that actually works and takes two minutes to apply. I don't think I've ever even tried because I, I oh, yeah. just don't can't try. know. And my hair is like a hay rat's nest, like the newer pump. Okay. And I want to <laughs> invent jeans that magically just go to your height that you never have to alter. <laughs> great. Great, great, great. great saying great. that if okay, someone perfect. is 5'2", that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, listen, I feel, I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite side. I mean, I'm 5'10", so it's not like... Whoa! Like, there's, there's, how there's, fun! Well, um, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, okay. Right. Anyway, so opposite, final yeah. category, mm-hmm. poor Vu, uh, final mm-hmm. category for you will be... Let's say three creative, like, maybe it's a show that no longer exists that you're like, ugh, honestly, if I could go back and write on Laverne and Shirley, I would. Like, uh, sort of a a creative thing mm-hmm. that is sort of out of reach because it's in the past that mm-hmm. we're going to give you the power to magically still be a part of. I love it. Um, my so-called life. Oh, uh, great. F- freaks and geeks. Yep. I'm really... I'm sorry, and I'm going to really apologize for saying this because I really have no business, but I'm going to say Sanford and Sons, and maybe I'm just a resident <laughs> white person. <laughs> so I'm really sorry, everybody, but I really no, love that No, you're the show. white consultant. I'm white consultant. I'm just a white Jewish consultant. I'm not pretending to be anything I'm not, so apologies. <laughs> 
I Maybe I just bring snacks. You know what? I can even just bring snacks yeah. to people in the writer's room. I'm fine with there that. There you go. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Seven. I would love for you to just do a, a, a slight vamp. I mean, it's not necessary because Julian can edit out the mm-hmm. what would otherwise be an awkward gap of silence while I have to do this and give it total oh, concentration. Okay. Sorry. But Came in it's like also a SEAL Team a... 6. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's also a great opportunity for a built-in plug where mm-hmm. you can refresh the listener on things that you would like them to check out of yours, not the least of which, of course, being your web series. So if you don't mind, uh, I will do my business and you can just give those things a last shout out. Love it. Thank you. So guess what, everyone? You can binge all of season two, Bitter Homes and Gardens on YouTube. So just go to YouTube, type in Bitter Homes and Gardens, not Better Homes and Gardens, but Bitter Homes and Gardens. And we have they're about eight minutes each. And I've heard it's a nice amuse-bouche where you could just watch it over lunch. And by the way, we will make you feel better about your own relationship because my husband and I have maybe the worst marriage. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not good. It's not good. It's exhausting. It's fun. It's exhausting and depleting and that we fuck <sighs> once every tubish fought. But please find us. And guess what? It's not just about us. If you're like, oh, why do I have to watch the little circle jerk between Fielding and Larry? We have... Um, we were graced with the amazing talents of Billy Gardell, David Koechner, Ahmed Barucha, Madison Shepard, and um, Eric Edelstein, and just like a panoply of amazing guest stars who just take over. They should have their own show, but enjoy Bitter Homes and Gardens season two on YouTube. Let me know. Fantastic. Let me know how you feel. We'll send you a bitter hoodie. We're having them oh. made by little, yeah, leprechauns. Fantastic. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, David Koechner played my husband on Dana Gould's show Stand Against Evil for IFC. It was a uh, horror comedy, and he got to turn into essentially Mothra. Um, and it was a joy to behold because oh, he definitely went amazing. through a pupa stage. Ooh. And it was all practical effects. So he was like amazing. covered in slime. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's, I love Koechner. Yeah. I love Koechner. Um, he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a great extra. cast. It's, that sounds, I got to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. Um, yeah, but I, love things uh, like that. that's so I think, cool. you know, you're, you have a wonderful cast, but that's only a reflection of, you know, people wanting to be a part of the Thank the show, you. So. Well, my husband takes that's full credit. You. He's like, I brought all the okay, guest stars, great. just so you know. I work with them. Oh, you did okay, nothing. Cool. Get it. I'm like, okay, Larry, all right. go, okay, go microdose Cracklin O'Brien because I can't do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did. You see Cracklin O'Brien. Yes! Just, Yvonne lost the memory for me. It's delicious. I loved it. I mean, I could have put it. that in the food or one of the categories, but yeah. Yeah. Cracklin Oats. Uh, Cracklin Oat Beat. does the trick. Okay, I... Yeah. I'm feeling real good about this. I think mm. you are going to be pleased with this bevy of awards Yay. that are just going to be showered on you in this MASH life. Um, first, I want to congratulate. I don't really even know where to start, but I guess I'm going to start with um, the fact that you have a beautiful... Now, listen, you know Mansion Apartment Shack House. I have no control over that. So you did get an apartment. It is Great. in uh, Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. <gasps> Uh, congrats on that. Thank I, you. What a dream. I don't know if that was something you bought with your uh, Duncan Hines uh, guilt-free <laughs> icing money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
but I you will make a fortune. So that's not surprising at all. Um, and that was something I think you had the idea for that while you were writing on Freaks and Geeks. I can't remember, but that was like it started as a joke and then it turned into, you know, uh, you worked on this beloved show. But it but then this thing that started as a joke turned into this like amazing um, cash cow of the Duncan. Cash Hines. cow. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, definitely uh, also can have unlimited uh, your friends mac and cheese with the giant rings that neither one of us can remember what they're called. <laughs> um, let's just call them tunnels. Yeah, <laughs> mac exactly. and cheese tunnels. Yeah, big fuz- straight fuzilies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feel like so I'm so remiss in not knowing my pasta names right now. Um, you also can jump into the fine, fine film Friends with Money. Well done Ooh. there. Well done there. Uh, that is a that is a movie that might uh, it would be interesting to to drop you into that movie with your sterling, simple, to the point, clear <laughs> communication. I'd love to see how that it oh creates an upset in that movie. Um, oh to be fabulous. I oh uh, my gosh, I'm I think yeah. I think. Um, and I think, you know, the two there are two people in your life who are really going to appreciate that uh, for for maybe different reasons. But I know how much uh, your dear, dear friend Michelle Obama appreciates it. Uh, <laughs> she finds it very refreshing in this world of ours. And then I think also, you know, it's it's uh, however it is that Catherine Zeta Jones's character in traffic, <laughs> she needs to be told it like it is. OK, you need to be the tough truth teller. In that yep, relationship. Yep. So it makes sense uh, in that regard as well. Uh, oh my God, that, never stop. Yeah, never I know. Stop. I mean, I have to stop because we've run out of categories. <laughs> but I want you to know that this is a very, very satisfying, satisfying match for me as well. I think uh, uh, it's one of my yes. recent faves. So well played. Thank you. And the way you narrate with your silky, just intoxicated voice. I just, this was, oh my God, that brilliant. Like I I really was trying to, because I did catch myself being like, what would sound cool, but like, no, this, we have an intimate connecting vibe. And I was like, I absolutely. Just, that was my truth. And I'm, that was fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Cause you're not going to feel satisfied if you put answers you don't no. really care about. Um, no. This no. was so fun. Oh my God. I really do oh, feel like this... I just had like therapy with a friend for an right? hour in the afternoon. Like we just went to intelligentsia, but yes. slash therapy yes. slash <laughs> blast off brownie enough blast. Yeah. This was, I, yeah. this was, I mean, you are the Renaissance woman. You are a therapist. You can do it all. This was beyond a blast. Thank you. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.